0: Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. My name is John Keeley, joined on the other telephone by Shannon Brose and a special guest this morning, Father Leslie McNamara, who is a Vacation Director for Limerick Diocese. Welcome again to the program, Father Leslie. Thank you very much again, John. Now, this is such a special day for all of us. It's it's in terms of we concentrate today and, and, and praying for and reflecting on religious vocations, I know we all have a vocation in terms of marriage vocation and so on and so forth, but maybe just as, just as you're opening maybe overall idea of, that we'd all like to ask you maybe Father Leslie, what is a religious vocation?
1: Well, I suppose there's a, a special vocation when you think that it is specifically a call from God to follow him in a particular way, not just the, the normal ways that so many people get called to follow him as you said yourself like in marriage and so on Mm. but here he's asking us uh, to follow him in a way where we can spread the gospel and bring the gospel to the people of God just like he called his apostles around him and some of his disciples and he sent them out then as his representatives to bring the good news to those places where Jesus himself wasn't able to go everywhere and that's one of the things we must remember that Jesus wasn't able to do everything himself because when he became man, Mm. he emptied himself he took on our human form with all its limitations and so when he found that it was getting very difficult for him to get his missionary work uh, spread to all of the people he wanted to visit he, if you like, asked the disciples to pray that God would send more laborers into the vineyard. So this is the kind of vocation we're talking about, where Jesus is specifically asking you know, people today, but men and women in the religious life as well as in the priesthood, mm-hmm. to be prepared to bring that good news to people as his representatives, and specifically to give their lives for that particular cause.
0: And I suppose it's important for us to, to, to remember that it's Jesus that's doing the calling.
1: Of course, that's terribly important. It's not a man-made if you like, response at all, and It is an urge that a person believes in that comes from within, from the spirit within them calling and asking them to make a sacrifice because obviously there is a sacrifice involved. Mm. You're taking a route which is not very common and a lot of people are afraid to go that way because there are so many conflicting, if you like, forces pulling against that type of life today where there's so much emphasis on the carnal world, the physical world and all that it has to offer. And here you're asked to take a risk To take a risk and if you like Give your life to God And it's a question of really falling in love with God And all that he offers us And the love that he has shown for us In response to that
0: And, and, and I suppose even getting uh, Just down with that idea of calling again People often say well, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't God provide more vocation But God is calling all the time As we've just said it, uh, But we, he needs a response
1: Yes, the, the first thing we must always remember is that God never interferes with our human condition. And he has actually made us free. And if the fact that he has made us free means that we can say no. Mm-hmm. And he respects that. It's like the prodigal son, when the uh, younger son came to the father and asked him for his inheritance. The father was very reluctant to do what he did. But he gave him his inheritance and was sad to see his son going. But, you know, he was a grown-up person, and his father gave him that choice, and even though his father pined for him all the time when he left, he still left him go, because we're told he kept watching out for him, hoping he would return, and so on. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with the vocation as well, too. And it's like in the Gospel, too, where the rich young man came to Jesus, too, and Jesus said, Go and sell what you have, and give the money to the poor, and come follow me. He turned away, and just refused to accept that challenge. So the challenge has been issued, but I'm afraid that it's very easy to say no particularly in this world as I said that we're living in and the culture in which we're living in at the moment it's very difficult for a young person in particular today to respond to that call because it needs a great deal of courage and conviction but still there are people you know that are still prepared to do that and that's the grace of God working in them
0: and and, and even just following through that now Father if somebody thought they might have a religious vocation. What sort of steps would they start to do to explore that idea too?
1: Well, the first thing that they would tend to do is they probably have seen maybe uh, an advertisement at the back of more churches. If they're people uh, who feel they have a vocation, I presume they're church going people, mm-hmm. because vocations generally only come from disciples. They don't come from the crowd, so to speak. There were yeah. three categories of people that followed Jesus, the crowd, disciples, and apostles. And tis, you know, if that person is really interested, they will maybe approach their local priest or something, or they can always approach me. My name and number and so on is available in the back of most churches. It should be in the back of every church in the diocese, I'm sure. And all they need to do is give me a ring, and I'll certainly meet them and introduce what's expected from them and try to guide them and give them, if you like, all the information I can and let them go through a process of discernment. But it's not something that they're going to discover just overnight. The Seeds of a vocation have to grow and maybe they'll discover in the course of maybe months, certainly it would take from the first initial contact, to take six months to a year before a person would really decide that they Believe that they have a vocation, mm-hmm.
0: and then after that, then Father.
1: Well, after that, then what happens is that, as I said, we would make sh- during the course of that, there would be we would uh, be asking them to get involved in their local parish at a greater level. You know, becoming like a Eucharistic minister or something, mm-hmm. a reader in the church. Get used to what it is that the life of what a priest would be like by getting more involved with their local church community. And if everything is going all right they would uh, I'd arrange to have a meeting with the bishop and then there would be a psychological assessment because there's certain qualities that a person needs to have if they're going to be a priest or religious and there are basic qualities that they'd have to have and sometimes maybe those may not be shown up in the contact that I might have with them or other priests might be having with them. So The psychological assessment is very important to help us in the discernment process, too. And sometimes it might show up things that might need extra work and the person might be prepared to still work on those particular weaknesses that they have to see if they, you know, could get over them or improve themselves or whatever. And in that way, then, uh, if they, you know, do all right in that, Mm -hmm. then they're accepted and they go to one of the seminaries then, either minute or if they're an older person, sometimes they might go to Rome, whatever the bishop feels is the most appropriate uh, seminary for them to pursue their studies and it takes at least six years before the person uh, ge- if they're young especially they generally take about six years if they're an older person they're sometimes uh, mitigating circumstances where they may be allowed to study for four or five years, they may not have to do the full six years Mm-mm. and that is the basic procedure you know that the person would have to go through
0: you mentioned qualities there father what sort of qualities well Just an i idea.
1: suppose the the most important thing that the person would have to, is that they would have a fairly deep prayer light that there would be somebody that's not joining uh, or wanting to become a priest for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. and they would certainly need to be people who have a basic understanding and the maybe a little bit more than just basic understanding of the teachings of the church as well, too, even though I know that their studies subsequently would enhance that and deepen that. But another thing is that they need to have is a genuine desire to serve other people as well, not to be thinking about themselves. They need to be people that are able to empathize with other people. They need to be good listeners. They need to be people that are there to help and that don't count the cost to themselves. Mm. and that they will see the person of Christ in everybody that is has a problem or that is suffering or has something issues some issues and that they will be able to you know cope with that and help them and uh, reason with them and people too who are have a reasonable academic ability because obviously you can't expect people to be able to teach others if they don't have the basic ability you know themselves within them to do this And to be able to relate and work with people is very important, too. That they're not loners that are just uh, kind Mm. of turned in on themselves. They have to be people with initiative that reach out and that are outward-looking all the time. And that's the real meaning of love, like the, Mm. the love at the highest level, the agape love that Christ showed. I came to serve, not to be served. These things that Jesus emphasized in the gospel have to be put into practice in their lives, And if the person is one that is looking for a kind of a comfortable, cozy life, kind of, and they're sitting in their house, you know, waiting for people to come to them Mm. and just sit back and do that, that's a very selfish and indolent lifestyle. That certainly wouldn't be somebody that would make a good priest. So when we're talking to candidates as well, too, we look for those signs of initiative and what have they done, for instance, that cost them something in charity works or, you know, in helping or visiting the sick or working with the marginalised or other things like this that they might get involved in. Mm -hmm. They're the things that we would be looking for in the candidates.
0: And Father, what do you think people these days are looking for in priests and religious?
1: Well, what are the people outside looking Mm -mm, for? Well, I think that the, the people want is somebody that's there for them when they need him. And that's a very important thing, and that comes across time and time again. And this is especially true at the moments in life when people are being hurt, like funerals, times of, uh, you know, funerals are great evangelization moments because people have nobody else to look to but God at that stage. And if the priest isn't one that tries to work that through them in the bereavement process for them and help them in their grief and empathize with them and try to make it as the liturgy at the of the funeral as meaningful as possible for them. They're the kind of things that mean an awful lot to them. But to be there, and also that the priest in his own life will be seen as a man of prayer and a man who is committed to people and a man who believes in what he's saying and what he's doing, that it's not a contradiction for him, so that he's not going to be on the altar preaching one thing and living the life that is you know, not corresponding to what he's preaching. Yeah, there I think sincerity is another important thing. They're the they're the things I think that people want to in their priests and what they want from their priests. Mm-hmm.
0: Shane, would you like to make any comment at this stage? Uh,
2: not a whole lot, I suppose. It was just um, to make the observation. Of course, um, this is the fifty third Vocation Sunday, right. and as usual, we have um, a, there's a papal message, and it's a lovely one actually this year. Pope Francis makes the point that vocations are born within the church. They grow within the Church, and they're sustained by the Church. So they're sustained by the community. And it's, of course, it's a point that we've made on this probe again and again and again. You know, many people will turn around and say, well, why isn't the bishop giving us a priest? You know, we're, we're facing challenging times in the diocese in terms of the numbers of our priests, the numbers that are due to retire and all the rest of it. And you know, one of the questions you have to turn around and say to people, well, you know, you want the bishop to give you a priest. Well, when was the last time your parish supported and prayed for a seminarian? Mm. Uh, for the diocese you know it's they, they, they don't grow under cabbage plants so they don't you know they don't not in a drawer in the bishop's office so it's a reminder to us i suppose that the, the encouragement of vocations isn't just a job for father leslie as the vocations director for the diocese you know it's a job for us all in many respects uh priest and lay to encourage people to consider uh, answering or being well, not even answering it's making space to, to discern the call more than anything else you know that, and and it, it, it's there's it's supported from within the church, within the community, within the praying community, um, and it it was interesting. And one of the things I think, and I would agree with Father Leslie, that what many people look for in their priest is men, sincere men of prayer. I think, mm. and uh, you know, it's 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 something I suppose we we all need to think about, because you know, there's challenging times, but it's it's one of the things I suppose that comes up is you know. Uh, particularly, you know, if people say that, the, 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 you know, someone so and so was interested in going for a vocation, and the line you hear is, God, to be a very lonely life. Mm. Or, you know, are they happy? And, you know, maybe, Father Liz, you might want to, you know, respond to those two kind of queries that sometimes come up again and again. Yeah.
1: You're right. Um, a lot of people might say, is not that a very lonely life? I mean, because, I mean, the natural state for a man is to have his wife and family and all of that interaction supports him and makes it a very, if you like, vibrant life, especially if the love that is there is genuine and sincere and so on. And here you are, and you're on your own. But, of course, the important thing is the only priests that are lonely priests are priests who have given up their prayer life. Because if the priest is a man of prayer, he will give time to God each day. He has to, not just by saying his Mass, He has to give quiet time of reflection and meditation every day. And it's from there that he gets the energy and the support to be able to continue. And there's no loneliness. I had never in my 40, whatever, eight years of priesthood could say that I felt lonely because I find that it is the most busy life if you want it to be. You're very involved with the people. And the people in so many ways will spoil you. And they give you absolutely fantastic energy to keep going. I find that to the people of God that energize their priests, and if you're a person that's committed to your people, certain you certainly won't be a lonely person. And anybody that is thinking that way, I would say that I would not say that um, they would feel, you know, anyway, like uh, somebody, you know, being lonely.
0: Hmm. And Father, you know, just speaking about. Um, about seminarians and, and, and vocations and so on and so forth last year we we had a chat with yourself and our one and only seminarian
1: yes that's right yes how is he getting on he, he's doing fine yes we still have one seminarian um aiden O'Rourke, and he's actually studying in spain this year and he'll be going back to Manu to continue with his studies uh next uh, september so that's the only one we have, but there are a few people as well that are interested in the priesthood, and I'm working with some people as well too, so hopefully there will be some new, if you like, uh, don't like using the word recruits, (laughs) Mm, some mm. new uh, blood so to speak coming into the church as well too, but there's no point either in taking somebody that is unsuitable just to make up numbers. So I think the discernment today is much more if you like kites, it's much more sophisticated than it was 30 or 40 years ago when I became a priest there was no psychological assessment we just went straight from secondary school to Maynooth or wherever we went and uh, it was kind of just expected society expected us just to continue and be ordained, but the sad reality is that in recent times, particularly over the past 30 years or so, uh, there has been quite a sizable fallout from uh, you know, a priest uh, not continuing the ministry afterwards for one reason or another so I would say that it is important for us to have a proper discernment process mm. so that if somebody decides they are going to go ahead they will certainly have put in the work uh, and they're more likely to make uh, a proper decision and not just a superficial decision but I kind of try it out and if it doesn't work so what mm.
0: I suppose just following through on a point that Shane raised, uh, you know, raised there is that we all are playing a part in this. We, as um, parents, uh, family members, have a large role to play in encouraging and in indeed praying for seminarians. Would that, wouldn't that be true?
1: That would be true, certainly. And I would say another point I'd like to make too as well is that um, vocations come from committed families and they come from families who value vocations, uh, whereas there's a tendency sometimes for people to pray for vocations but not to pray for vocations within their own family Mm -hmm. they're all right to pray for vocations for somebody out there so to speak but not my particular child they're not so if you like sincere then in their prayer and if we are committed well I can certainly say that you know God has blessed any family with a child any child is a gift from God and for a parent You know, to give their child to God or to believe that God might be calling their child in this way is a wonderful blessing to the family. And they shouldn't see it as a kind of a a loss to them of somebody that they might like to see in a different vocation, in inverted commas. I think if that is the case, then they're not really committed to their faith to the degree that they should.
0: Father Leslie, you now that, that was lovely. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, just one last point there. If people want to contact you at all, can you, can you just share some details there with us as to, oh, yes. to contact you?
1: Actually, if they wish to contact me, they can contact me at my email address, which is my name, Leslie McNamara, at air.net, and my phone number is 087-202-8189. And they'll actually get it from the diocesan office as well, too, if they needed to contact me, they'd get, uh, you know, they'd tell them them that they can phone St. John's Cathedral. I'm a resident in the cathedral as well and help out here, so they can always phone the cathedral, and that will uh, get through to me as well, that message. So, anybody that's interested, I'd be very happy to speak with them.
0: Thank you so much for sharing those, uh, those few reflections with us on on vocations, Just before you leave us for this part, and I know you're going to stay with us for Reflection on the Gospel, uh, have you got a prayer you'd like to share with us, please, for vocations?
1: A prayer? Please. Um, yes, I would indeed. Um, Almighty and gracious God, Father of us all, you bless your people in every time and season, and you provide for all their needs through your prov- providential care. Your church is continually in need of priests and religious to offer themselves to the service of the gospel by lives of dedicated love. We pray that you will open the minds of your sons and daughters to listen to your call and give them the gift of understanding to discern your invitation and to follow you and the courage also to follow the call that you give them. We make this our prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much for that, Father. And you are going to stay with us for the gospel, please? Thank you so much. So, we might go for our second piece of music. And this one, I take every vocation Sunday. It's uh, from, I believe it's a 2008 or 2009 vocations. Uh, the year of vocation song. And this one is entitled You'll Be My Witnesses. And it's sung by Patricia Park. So, let's hear this.
3: claim and be passion on your journey. Bring my healing love to those in pain. For I came that all may have life abundantly. I came that all people Peace is the gift I give to you
0: Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.